You're listening to Spirit Grows Pesach series. Start with Kaddish. Kaddish means Kiddish. And, I'm, and, and, and what that means is we're going to sanctify the day. So in order to sanctify anything in our religion, it's a bris, it's a wedding, it's a Friday night, it's a Shabbos day, it's a benching. Whatever it is, the chances are there's a cup of wine involved. You fill it up to the top, and at the Seder, we want to overflow our cup with wine as a symbol of the overflow of blessings that we want and have in our lives. So as that overflows, you can do one of two things or both things. You can envisage what are the blessings that you have in your life. In what way is your cup overflowing? And number two, in what way would you like your cup to overflow? You pick up the cup and you place it in your hand. Now, you see how I did that? I placed it in my hand in the palm of my hand, that's because we I follow a particular custom that follows the Kabbalistic tradition of holding it like this. But some people hold the cup like this, some people hold the cup like this. I don't know how people hold the cup, it doesn't matter. The point is, make the blessing and drink. Now, normally we're used to, in many homes, the dad, the man, or whoever makes the kiddish. We're also used to that there's de- generally a designated reader at, at, in a Friday night home. On Pesach night, everyone has to drink four cups, and therefore everyone should make the Kiddush of the first cup. So you fill it up, you make the Kiddush, and it's on wine, preferably not grape juice, unless you have a health issue. So it could be 1% alcohol. Fill it up mostly with grape juice and then add a bit of wine. It should be red wine because red is more regal and the whole state is about having a royal experience. However, if you don't have any pleasant-tasting red wine, you only have nice-tasting white wine, do it on that. Then what we do is um, we drink and we lean to the left. So whenever we need to lean, we're leaning to the left. The reason why we lean is because that's how royals used to eat. If you look at um, Asterix, which is where I get a lot of my historical information, the comic book, you'll notice that the Romans are always leaning when they eat. And if you look at the pictures, they're always leaning to the left. If they're leaning to the right, it's either because you're looking at a dodgy copy of Asterix where someone's mirrored the pages and printed it, or the artist got it wrong. But we lean to the left so that the food goes down the right way and it's comfortable. Now, I don't know if you're going to have day beds at your Seder, but this is the year to get really creative. Put beanbags, couches, do whatever you want. No one's going to be there to know anyway. Go nuts. Uruchatz, it's time to wash our hands. So I'm actually going to show you how to wash hands because I'm sitting in Spirit Grow um, because this is where our public Seder was meant to be. And because we can't have the public Seder, I thought I'll teach you here. So you don't need my face for this part. What you need are my hands. Whoa. We'll try that again. What you need is my hands. Hmm. I'm going to use this hand sanitizer to keep this upright. That's not working either. One sec. Um, all right. We're just going to, we're going to have to do our best. Um, put the leg like that. Yes, there we are. Very good. Question is, can you see? Yeah, kind of. Sorry about that. Perfect. So the reason why I moved the hand sanitizer out of the way is because hand sanitizer is made from alcohol. It is a fermented form of chametz. Most hand sanitizers are not kosher for Pesach. So you do need to take this into account while uh, coronavirus is on, whether um, what sort of hand sanitizer you're going to be using on Pesach. There are kosher Pesach hand sanitizers, but not every hand sanitizer is. You can also use soap. So, uruchatz is, and we wash our hands. The way we wash our hands is as follows. Um, if you're right-handed, you filled it up holding the right, 
uh, holding it with your right hand, you then pass it to your left hand, and then you spill. If you're left-handed, you do the opposite. And the way we spill is one, two, three. You saw how I twisted my hand so that the whole hand got wet, and then I'll repeat that on the other hand. Thank God this year it's coronavirus and not water restrictions, or else I don't know if I would have been able to show you this as well. One, two, three. Now, some people have the custom to only wash twice on each hand. Again, I'm following the mystical custom from the Zohar of washing three times as an additional time. You can do either or. The minimum is two, but um, many people have the tradition of three. Now, as part of um, Urchatz, you'll notice I didn't stop talking. Well, that's because there's no blessing. I don't, I'm washing my hands out of tradition because in the days of purity and impurity, um, people were very, very careful not to eat wet fruit or vegetables without washing their hands. And because we're about to take in carapace our vegetable and dip it in the salt water, um, our hands might get wet and we'll be touching, touching a wet vegetable Hence, our hands getting wet. And if we're ritually impure, then we've got a bit of a problem on our hands. So today, because we're less concerned about that, because of the whole, all the laws of a lot of the laws of purification have been suspended in the absence of the temple, we're in a permanent state of impurity. Um, people are not makpid. People are not very careful about this um, uh, this law. And so, therefore, at the Seder, some people have the custom that everyone goes and washes their hands, as I just showed you, and others have the custom where only the head of the Seder does it, so as to remember the law. Um, while others actually want to observe the law. So there are two ways that you could have gone about that. Urchatz karpas, we're now up to dipping our vegetable. So the definition of a vegetable is, can you make borei priya adama? A vegetable in Jewish law means it grows from the ground. Vegetables are not sweet or savory. Vegetables grow from plants that stay close to the ground. They're not trees, nor are they considered proper upright bushes. So most bushes are adama. Some are considered more like trees, um, like a raspberry would be um, um, a haetz, whereas a strawberry would be considered a ha'adama. Hence, in the absence of classic vegetables, you can use other vegetables, as long as it's dipped in salt water. There is no leaning for this part of the Seder because we're about to commemorate something sad. We take our vegetable, we dip it in the salt water, no salt water provided in this demonstration. I'm not even giving you the ingredients below for that. You're going to have to work it out. It's not that, not that different to the recipe for ice. Just don't freeze it. Um, you dip your vegetable in and then you make the bracha as opposed to make the bracha and then dip because we don't want to have a hefzik. We don't want to have a gap between blessings and activity. So, baruch atah pop it in your mouth. How much? Less than an olive. Now, what's interesting is that you have to, if you need to eat on Yom Kippur, you're not allowed to eat an, an amount of an olive. It turns out like anything is, 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 is that amount on Yom Kippur. For some reason on Pesach, it's also got weird constraints, but an olive is a small piece. So you got to eat um, a small nibble of potato. This is not the time to make yourself a borscht of potatoes or celery or whatever it is in salt water. This is just a little nibble. It's actually going to make you even hungrier because you started and you got nothing else. Urchatz karpas yachatz. We take yachatz. Now, I have a little something prepared for this. Yachatz is a non-talking part. It's actually where we, oh, look at that. Looks more like a wafer. There. there we are. There we are. And so, if you look, if you well, if you if you can't see, this is a braille matzah. You can feel all anyway. So, um, you take the matzah and you break it in half. Ta-da! Which one is the afikoman? That's right. This one, the larger one, will then be put aside into your afikoman bag. 
and then that goes away. This part remains in your Seder plate. It's going to be used shortly. Now, some people have the custom that the children steal the afikoman. We have the custom. So we don't want them to steal because we don't want them to steal. We don't want to teach them such things. So kids don't steal it at my Seder, but what they do at yours is your business. But either way, there's got to be some sort of incentive to keep the kids engaged. Magid. So the whole of Magid is fascinating, but this is a crash course. It is not when I explain the whole Haggadah. So Magid is long. That's the sound of Magid. Magid means to tell the story. It's all about engaging people. It's all about harnessing the inner child, making people intrigued. Now, if you're just with your children, the most important thing at this part of the Seder is that they are a part of this, not that you are entertained. Magid is not about finding interesting correlations with interesting things in interesting periods of history unless the youngest person at the Seder is actually interested in that. Magid is about vihigarata levincha. We've got to tell this story to our children. The best way to tell a story is by roping them into it. So there's so many different cool activities like the sing of the Manishtana and picking up the Seder plate, putting down the Seder plate, picking up the Seder plate, putting down, picking up the cup and not drinking, putting it up and down, and pointing to food but not eating it. These are just some of the teasers that are going to keep the kids involved. It'll also allow you to remain focused. So sing along, do it in any language you want. Magid is not about the Hebrew. It is about the content. Read it in English. Wrap it, rhyme it, discuss it, dialogue it. There are some really interesting ideas in the Magid that will make for fascinating conversation if you decide to read it in a non-Hebrew language. Sing the Manishtana. Sing Avadimiyino. Make sure to have said those magic words of Pesach, Matzah, Maror. You'll find it in the Haggadah because those are key words where we talk about Pesach, the sacrificial lamb, Matzah, the Matzah that we eat, and the Maror, which is the bitter herbs on the Seder plate. Now, get through the whole Magid. That was the fastest Magid you've ever experienced. Dayeno, 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 Dayeno. Pick up the cup of wine. We're now on our second cup. At some point during Magid, you were told to fill her up. At this point, you're going to take it back in your hand, second cup of wine, 86 mil, Baruch Hashem, you finish the blessing, knock it back. Now, Rachza. Rachza means to wash your hands. So you wash your hands the same as I did before, but this time with a blessing. So now you've washed your hands. Shh, no talking, no talking, because the washing of the hands is about eating the matzah. Talking takes your mind away from why you washed your hands and the preparation for eating the matzah. So get back to the Seder, and now you pick up all your matzahs, and you make a bracha, baruch atashem lechem in aretz. We're up to moitzi and matzah now. Then you drop, and you make the bracha, baruch atashem lechem in al achilas matzah. Yeah, so now you, you then take the top matzah, you take your yachatz matzah, and you start eating. Now, the matzahs that we gave out this year at Spirigo, and I'm sorry if not everyone was able to get one, um, they are custom made. You have to eat the equivalent of one of those matzahs. So if you pick up an A4 piece of paper and you just take a quarter off it and you flatten a matzah on top, that's how much matzah you want to be eating at the Seder in this time, and you've got the Wheat Bix Challenge, but this is the Pesach Wheat Bix Challenge because you can't eat Wheat Bix on Pesach. And that is to eat this matzah without talking in under four minutes, or if you're like me, seven minutes. It just depends on the interpretation of 
exactly how much time you have. I'm going with the seven minute one. I race between four and seven minutes. No talking, no drinking. You just go chomp, 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 chomp. You talk, you lose. I'm telling you, not because you're not allowed to talk, but because you cannot talk and eat matzah of that volume in that amount of time. So write this down, four to seven minutes, most of an A4 piece of paper, or one of the matzahs that came in the kit. Now you've done matzah, and you're feeling good and hungry, it hasn't had enough time to settle and make your brain go, I'm done, maror. It's time to whip out those bitter herbs and your A4 piece of paper. You spread your leaves out on the A4 piece of paper, you go, that's about right. You just remove about around a quarter of your A4 piece of paper, and that's the amount that you want to be eating. You take that bitter herbs, as, as you start adding the, if you're keen on using stalks, some people are very brave, they use stalks. Let me just tell you, you take an A4 piece of paper, you fold it in half, now you've got an A5, fold it again, and you have to spread your, your horseradish on that size to be eating the right amount. So how tough are you? Now, I don't mean stalks, it's just got to be two-dimensional flat. So once you're using stalks, you've got to work out, have you compounded enough to actually have the marrow? So whether you're doing this with stalks or a hybrid of stalks and, and, and lettuce, doesn't matter. You got it, you take it, and some people have the custom, it's, I would hardly call it a custom, to smear the haroset on like it's going out of fashion. We have the custom to just dip it, just a small amount. This isn't about drowning the bitterness. At this point, it's about remembering the bitterness, which is why we're not going to lean. For the Kiddush cups, we leaned. For the matzah, we leaned. For this, we're just eating. And you eat that maror. Four to seven minutes. It doesn't take that, that long because it is more moist and you should be able to get it all down. You chew it up, swallow it. Korech, we're up to the sandwich. The sandwich, the Earl of Sandwich, Hillel. Hillel says, this is what the way we used to eat the Paschal lamb. We'd have matzah on the bottom. Be right back. Matzah on the bottom. Bit of imagination. If you look at me, look at me. It's a Menachem sandwich. I'm the meat in the middle of your sandwich, fellas. So you've got the matzah. You put your uh, Paschal lamb on top. Mm. And then you put in your bit of romaine lettuce or some sort of maror on top. I suppose this is the whole European way of eating horseradish on top of meat. Anyway, um, you put your other piece of matzah on, on top and that was the shawarma. That was the korach sandwich. And the Haggadah says, Kenos this is how Hilo used to do it. And you lean to the side. Now, we don't have meat. We don't put meat in our sandwich because we don't have a paschal lamb. But what we do is we just eat it with the, with the lettuce, a bit of haroset and the matzah. Shuchan Clear the table, except of the cutlery, one sec. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, except for the, it's the horseradish. Um, except for the wine and the oh, cutlery. Keep that all on the table because Shulchan is about having a meal. It doesn't matter how full you are. Here's an interesting fact that you just never knew. Maybe you did. I didn't know it until this last Shabbos. In Amsterdam, they had the custom in Amsterdam all Jews ate fish at the Seder. They didn't eat chicken because um, chicken was grain-fed. <laughs> Remember those days? Grain-fed chicken. Anyway, they, 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 it was grain-fed and they didn't want to cut the chicken open and find grain. So they didn't eat chicken. Nobody ate chicken in Amsterdam. And they didn't eat meat on the first night. So some say it's because they didn't want to eat meat because meat was part of the Paschal lamb. But the law actually says you can't eat roast meat. But you can eat 
broiled meat. You can eat meat that has been made in a, in a, in a, in a broth or a liquid. Um, so it can't be that that's what it was. So I was doing a bit of research over Shabbos and I found that there's actually a bit of logic. It doesn't say that this is the reason, but this is a logical reason given by a rabbi in the 19th, uh, 20, early 20th century that was researching Amsterdam customs. And he says that because Pesach starts so late in the far northern hemisphere, um, by the time they got to the meal, it was so late people weren't hungry, so they'd just have a light meal. They'd just eat fish, and that became the custom. Anyway, we're doing it with meat. Unless you're vegetarian, then you're not allowed to eat meat because it's about enjoyment, and we don't want to not enjoy the meal. So people have fish, and they have meat, and they have salads, and they go to town. And um, you should go to town. And one of the things we go to town with is drinking wine. This doesn't count as one of the four cups. This is part of the festivity of the meal. Again, if you're on those Roman day, be- day beds, leaning to your left, enjoying your meal. Um, now, every- people have the custom to not serve. They get served. The thing is, who the heck is serving you if you're doing the Seder by yourself? So get it from the table and get your grub. Enjoy it. And if you are going to eat dessert, don't call it dessert. Just call it something sweet after main course. Because the dessert comes tzafun. Hold on. Shukhanach, tzafun. We're up to eating the afikoman. Where'd that afikoman go? Go and bribe all the kids and tell them, I want the afikoman. Or, if you've hidden it, tell the kids, go and find it. They get a gift for the afikoman. Either way, we're keeping the kids engaged. We're associating Pesach with fun. And I would say that if Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah were associated with as much fun as the Seder, more Jews would do it. Interestingly, more Jews do Pesach Seder than any other Jewish tradition. So, Sofun, we now whip out our larger half and we substitute it with some additional matzah. Um, so we're covering three quarters of an A4 piece of paper. We lean to the right and we eat it. Sofun, four to seven minutes. Um, Beirach, we now are going to thank Hashem. We bench, Baruch all that. Filling a cup of wine before you do that and getting to the end of the benching, lean to the left and drink. That's our third cup of wine. Then, Tzafenberg um, Halal. We're now up to giving thanks. Now, before we give thanks, we're going to acknowledge a few things. It's at this point that we fill up our cup, our fourth cup, and we are going to um, take one of the candles. If there is no candle, uh, you should have a 24-hour candle burning just, just for this alone. Um, you light a candle. And we go to the front door. In our house, the women would go to the door as the feminine energy of the home. And we open the door. And this is an old mystical custom. It's about welcoming the soul of Elijah into our home. So this whole idea has a lot of fanfare. What you do is you have a large cup on your table. It's called the Koshil Elio, the cup of Elio. You fill it up and you go to the door and open it. Now, it doesn't have to just be the women. It could be everyone. And you take the Haggadah. And you read out this very, very fascinating prayer. We say, Hashem, pour out your wrath on, on, on them, not on us. And, um, and it's not on them because not on us. It's that we are the people you took out of Egypt. And anyone that is not living in accordance with what it is that you want, a productive life of, of, of giving to this world, pour your wrath out on them. The productive people... And this is interesting, whether they're Jewish or non-Jewish, is not who we want to have attacked. This is about those who are destroying the world, destroying the purpose of Hashem's creation. We say, as you did on the Seder night, you destroy the Egyptians, destroy them. 
take us into the next phase. So why Eliyahu Anavi? Why what's Elijah do with it? Because Elijah's about heralding the Mashiach, he's about heralding the future era of, of, of greatness. And so therefore, we're actually asking Eliyahu to be a part of this process. We're hoping Eliyahu will walk through our door. We've got the cup ready, it's all ready to go. Close the door, put the candles down, just take a moment to pray. And the prayer, as um, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Shnis and the Friedrich Rebbe said, is don't waste this moment asking for physicality. And the fact that he said don't waste it means there must be an awesome opportunity. Um, so ask for spirituality. And of course, if you need to ask for physicality, do so. And then we move into Hallel. We're going to sing the last part, the praises of Hashem, giving thanks for taking us out of Egypt, giving thanks for us allowing to do another Seder. And um, that culminates with another drinking of the cup, of the fourth cup of wine, lean to the side and drink it. There's a little after blessing on the wine because we have made the big benching, the big after blessing after the meal. Now I just had wine. I've got to make another after blessing. When you finish that, we shout out the three magic words. And this year, may these words be fulfilled before the Seder. Lashana habob Yerushalayim. May the year to come be spent in Jerusalem. And so I really hope that all the people who are actually doing and preparing for Pesach with me, in your merit and in my merit of us preparing the Seder in, these, in this very conscious and deliberate way, we get to spend not next year, but the coming Pesach, which is next week in Jerusalem. That concludes the Pesach Seder. You then do that again on the second night. Some people have the custom to sing a whole lot of fun songs after that. Good for you. Enjoy. But for now, it's time to go to bed. Main take-home points. Engage the kids, do the whole Seder, eat two times three quarters, three quarters of an A4 piece of paper. There's no simpler way to say that. One, three quarters of an A4 piece of paper of maror, a bit of food, and make sure you've read the book, but do it in a language that everyone's going to be engaged. 